Hey everyone. Hey. Michael J. Nelson here, along with <sighs> Pastor David Berge. Yes, this sir. This is Like Trees Walking. Uh, this is the podcast. I went in a little bit of a radio voice there. You sure did. I mean, but I hate to do that. You are a professional, Mike. Sometimes you just slip <laughs> into it. There's nothing you can do. You start sounding like Alan Thick. You know who he is, Mike. We have we are we have covered Alan Thick on this podcast. I okay. like multiple times he's no, come up. His he's son Robin created Thicke. Robin. Yes, those that's a great great. <laughs> Anyway, this is the podcast <laughs> where we created Rob. Talk about wow, <laughs> that's his sole achievement, I think. Uh, he also did the Facts of Life theme songs. They're about the same. Many on theme the level. songs, and may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. May his may his memory be a blessing. Thank as you. our Jewish brothers and sisters. Yes, uh, this is the podcast where we talk about big issues of life, uh, theology. Ethics, morals, values, uh, humanity, the meaning of existence, um, if there is a God, knife sharpening, um, hot sauces, tinned fish. I think that covers a lot of what we do here. Electricity powders. <laughs> various. Various, various powders and fermented things. Uh, but we do it from a... Christian perspective. However, we just like, we like to engage with people from all different viewpoints who think that we're insane, some who are curious, others who just think we're a laugh uh, and they and go, are these, objects of yes, ridicule. Yes, your scorn. We welcome your scorn. <laughs> uh, we're fine with that as long as it gets a conversation started because, as we say, we're all stuck with this. So we might as well wrestle with these big issues. And I believe Pastor has... A big one for us today. I have a big, I do have a big issue. And, um, you know, this is, this is an issue that comes from the world of, I think, looking at, this, this will be just looking at the role of, of Christianity, particularly, but, but religion in general in kind of public life. And so, um, you know, a lot of these conversations, I like to drill down on the data sometimes and look at that. Uh, you are you're a fan of statistics, of polling. I, I am. I am. And I recognize that they are, I think that there's a lot of flaws in polling. But if the same outfit is doing the same poll over a long period of time, then I have a lot more like, I think it, it it's at least telling you something interesting. I, I am more like, yeah, there's kind of the polling, especially that's arisen around like the horse race and politics and like 538 and predictions and everything like that. Yes. I, I think that has like, though I find it entertaining, um, I don't think it has like a ton of value, especially since like there's one poll that matters, Mike, and that's election day. Like for that kind of thing, you're eventually getting a result and a decision where this is more kind of gauging the public mood over a long period of time. Right. And, and even like, I think it's consistent enough that it's telling you something. And this is not like push polling or that kind of stuff where, um, like public opinion is, I think famously difficult to, to capture and pull. So all that throat clearing aside. Yes. 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 I, I am a, I am a fan. I'm just going to say it. I'm yeah. a fan of, of polling. And especially I think the Gallup organization over time has done a lot of really good. They stopped doing, I think actually presidential approval polling few years back they they set that aside um and but they do some of the best uh polling on religion and they've been doing it since 
in 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 even more i think at some point since like the 40s but they've been doing even like kind of more specific drilled down stuff since the early 1970s so we really get to trace a trajectory yes a lot of data points so many data points and 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 so i'm going to make a prediction good news it's mike it's all looking up and to the right me boy it's a hockey stick baby yeah we are in a uh we have a we have caught a unicorn in this thing called christianity you know um no these are the data is showing that these are um tough times i would say or they've gotten the situation has deteriorated from a statistical perspective over time and i don't want to be one of these people who there's some positive spin you could put on it um but i think even the positive spin has a real shadow side to it and i'll explain i'll i'll explain what i mean so okay kind of one of the things that that made news that popped up on my radar recently is that the year 2020 uh, was the first year that um, under 50% of people reported belonging to a church or a synagogue. And I'm sure they would like include mosques or any other sort of like house of worship would qualify in that. But in America, which is like the predominant religion is some form of Christianity, Protestant or Catholic, more Protestants than Catholics in this country. But, um, you know, that's the that's the majority religion. It's really talking about church attendance, you know, or belonging to a religious institution. For the first time in 2020, that dropped below 50%. Nope. I know. And um, Yikes. I, and so, like, and, and can, just to place a little bit of uh, context on it, so is 2020 and 2021 have the exact same answer. Do you belong to, are you a member of our church or synagogue? 47% yes, 53% no. Th- those two numbers were exactly the same in 2021 and 2019. And if we just go back all the way to the hoary years of... Uh, of let's say two, 10 years before of 2009 and 2010. Mike, what do you think those numbers were in terms of people saying, yes, I do belong? Uh, I'm going to say 60, 40. Um, yep. You're basically spot on. It was in 2009, 63% said yes. 36% said no. 2010, 61% said yes. 38% said no. And down from a peak, think about all the way back, Mike, in the the turn of the millennium. Okay. Yeah. So we're just going 10 years back prior, 2000 and, and 1999. What do you think those numbers were? 70-30. Yeah, 70-30. 70-30. So you go 70-30, 60-40, less than 50-50. So in the course of 20 years. That's extraordinary. A 20 percentage point drop. Ooh. Mike, I'm a, you know, I'm a minister. I'm a, 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 and even more than that, I'm a Christian. I am a practicing, believing Christian. I am a follower of jesus christ as you as yes, you as you say the one that the makes formulation people, that that's makes the people that uncomfortable people <laughs> okay uh yeah because well, i could say i can go into any room and confidently say i'm a christian right and and most people are not going to they're going to go well that what does that mean so yeah. you know some people will go they'll go hey 50 50 like that's still incredible and it is still a very high number but just when you look at the deterioration that is what's concerning now We'll just speak some truth right here about the old numbers. Were seventy percent of Americans a member of a church or a synagogue in nineteen ninety nine? No, people were reporting. It. They were self reporting that they belonged. Yeah. Okay. So there was some kind of like it was basically telling you something about more than about you know 
attendance because I think weekly church attendance or something like that always. And this, again, it's always overreported because if as many people were attending church on a regular basis, as they said, you know, the parking lots would be packed on Sunday mornings, yes. you know. But so it's telling you, though, something about like the social cachet of reporting to someone asking you a question, which tells you about the significance or the influence of something in society even more than 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 practice. You it's know, like it's it's like those even when a poll is 100% secret and no one and, and anonymous, people still swell themselves up with like uh you know, no, I never steal or lie or anything. Like no nobody's ever going to know, but they still do not report it. No. And and so like and for example, when people self-reported church attendance, for a long time it was actually a very static Somewhere in the upper 30s to low 40s, people saying in the past week, did you attend church or synagogue? And then in 2021 and 2020, that was down to 29, 29, 30 and 29% respectively. So that itself is also a collapse. So Mike, I do have some theories about what's going on. Okay. Hit hit me with your theories. Theory number one. So theory number one is that what's really being reflected is there was a... A period in our country, a kind of a cultural Christianity where it was predominant. And it was part of really, you know, post-World War II American identity, right, that we were a a country um, whose, I mean, I think our existence following World War II, we were largely defined um, as a people by our opposition to communism, right, the Soviet Union and, and communism, and one of the central aspects of you know, communist ideology is is dialectical materialism or Marxism. So mm-hmm. it's it's explicitly atheistic in its outlook. And so the you know, True. I think of the phrase the godless commies, right? That that they were actively anti uh, anti religious. And yes. so you know, a, and so we as the West, in opposition to them, um, and especially America as like the competing global superpower, we were you know a part, strong part of our identity as Americans, was that we were a God-fearing, uh, a God-fearing nation. We were carrying the torch for faith and for freedom uh, against the darkness of godless, atheistic Soviet communism. So that helped. Yes. Pr- like, to be a religious person, to be a Christian, was a strong part of our sure. American identity as the Cold War has ended and those ideological conflicts have lost their purchase. Now people are being more honest uh, or there's less social pressure to there's say. There's less it. social pressure. There's less sure. social pressure. You know, speaking of the, the 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 church being just you know, it was just sort of woven into the fabric. Um, you watch old, you watch the Andy Griffith show. They're often just seen leaving the church. Like, hey, pastor, good uh, good sermon this week. And I always just wanted to see because it's never mentioned in any other context. Mm-hmm. Nobody mm-hmm. ever is says like, I'm a Christian. They all just go to church. I always wish that. Can I see what's happening inside the church? It would be very. I'd love to hear what kind. What what is what is he preaching about? Also, what denomination are you? Which they never quite made clear. Andy, I would guess Andy's a Methodist. You think Andy's Methodist? He's not drinking. You know, he seems like he's a teetotaler. You know, sure. But I think Andy would be a Methodist. Okay, folks, drop in the comments what 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 denomination you think Andy. Because the whole town was. They went to the same church, so (laughs) I think because they're kind of Mayberries in the South, right? Yeah, you know, but it's not. It does. They don't seem so square that they would be like Baptists. They didn't look like they were certainly not charismatic. I don't think. No. Yeah. So I think they anyway. were Methodists. Okay. All right. Sorry for that distraction. Yeah, what's your What's your next theory? <laughs> well, my next theory is that um, there's this great book. Um, 
uh, by uh, I think he's at well he was at Notre Dame or UNC Chapel Hill and then I think he's at Notre Dame now a sociologist named Christian Smith and he wrote this book about secularization um, of American universities and like how many of them were founded um, not and we're not just talking about the you know Harvard's Yale's or whatever that uh, like you're kind of but most many 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 universities and colleges were founded with explicitly religious missions and then that changed over time and so he talks about how often secularization gets talked at as this sort of like you know as people become less religious and religion becomes less important and salient in people's lives almost this inevitable process right that's just part of what happens as we quote unquote become as we modernize or you know post-industrialize or whatever um, that we're just inevitably going to become more secular. And he challenges that. And he says, no, no, no. Secularization happened in these explicitly Christian institutions based upon like the um, desires of certain actors within that institution. And so really examining like the role of agency and interests in secularizing, not as some sort of natural process in the university, but as part of like what people who were in those institutions wanted a certain subsection of them wanted and so they drove that and so i think that can probably be applied writ large right that there has been a um like you know this it's not conspiratorial there's just people who wanted religion to have a less important role in american life and so they have been like pursuing that agenda for decades and this is one of the out workings of that is kind of the marginalization of religion in a, in public life has been an important desire uh, for certain groups of people. And so they've been able to achieve that ends through some of their uh, various methods um, and who those groups are and what they want and why that happened. I mean, that would be interesting to, to think about and, and talk about. But I think, you know, one of the things that has happened is, um, and you just have changes in structure in like, family life and delaying marriage and everything like that. You have an increasing, you know, religion used to be shared by America's two largest political parties, and it still is by the core constituencies of, I would say, arguably Democrats and Republicans, though I think Republicans are more kind of associated with the religious right or being more religious. There's few groups in this country that are more religious than um, than African-Americans. Black, black Protestants are a huge core of the Democratic Party, but they're influence ironically is is maybe never been stronger while the religious identity of the party has maybe never been weaker so that's just interesting like how um sort of one you know they take there is always the discussion they take god out of the democratic you know at the at the platform you know Mm -hmm. at the the, the convention that comes out and goes back in and that's very controversial what that you know what that role is and so yeah so you have like people and and who want to diminish the role of religion and they've been successful in pursuing yeah. that agenda across various institutions, you know, particularly, um, you know, particularly universities and stuff like that, where you're kind the of long forming. march through the institutions. That's right. So I, I think that's another thing that's happened. And then a third thing that I think has happened is kind of the salience of um, of basically scandal in American religious institutions. So it's like not something that is kind of happening, you know, just happening to us, but that we have um, done to ourselves. And I'm speaking we here in the broadest possible terms. But you think about, um, you know, you think about sexual abuse scandals in the Roman Catholic Church and how um, that, you know, just, I mean, it's been unfolding now for decades. It's Mm -hmm. like scandal after scandal after scandal. And like, who hasn't been touched by it? I mean, it went all the way up to 
the Vatican in the sense of what was, you know, Ratzinger's role or, uh, you know, Benedict, mm-hmm. Emeritus Pope. Like, what was his role in, in covering that up? Or even, you know, John Paul II. Like, what did he know? When did he know it? Like, so at the very highest levels of the church, even people who were beloved, like John Paul II, seen as being complicit or having a role in that. Um, the various scandals, and but this isn't new, right? The kind of the televangelists and their predecessors, which would go back to the Mencken era, sort of like the yokel, the, you know, yokelization or that perspective, the scandals that you see coming out of uh, certain perspectives that, that, that have sullied, um, you know, sullied the church. And, and yeah, I think just like hypocrisy, scandal, and that unrelenting drumbeat of really, you know, untoward and tawdry news has also been something that has under, underlied. Uh, undermined faith in this country. And so the positive spin people would want to put on it is like, well, now we're just like kind of lukewarm faith is now it's just for serious people. You know, now it's just for the truly committed, you know, the what's being revealed is who are the true believers and the truly committed. And I do think though, that a broader cultural Christianity that's kind of for everyone, even nominal believers, I think is actually a good thing and a good influence. You know, yeah, like because I believe that while I want people to be all be you know very committed Christians and faithful followers of Jesus, um, I also think it's just better for the culture if that is largely the water in which we swim. Because I would hope that it would be one that shapes us more to have kind of a shared understanding of like a shared commitment to things like forgiveness and redemption. And, you know, the importance of uh, uh, an individual's dignity and worth and, and their ability to um, kind of be redeemed and to be changed. And, and that when we lose that, um, I, I think we there's a cost that we maybe don't know quite yet. And I think mm-hmm. we're starting to pay it in some ways. So you're saying even a little cut flower ethics aren't that bad every now and then. Well, it's not cut flower if it's got if you're connected to the roots. You're not like deeply rooted in the soil that you're you're um, that influence is going to rub off on you, and there's a greater chance that you're going to kind of like when you when when crisis hits or the rubber meets the road, you're going to have somewhere to turn. Um, it's going to be like closer to you and more available to you, and it's going to give us kind of a shared. Um, a shared kind of spiritual and moral imagination that's actually going to be really, really um, good and helpful for us. Kind of a common grace is maybe what I'm saying. That's a theological concept. You know, there's there's specific grace, you know, electing grace um, that, that God, you know, applies to, or like it is applicable to, you know, specific Christian people in their kind of God, you know, electing them to salvation. We're getting a little reformed here, but, and, 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 you know, the sanctification, their process of growth and grace, you know, that's a specific thing, but there's a common grace that all people experience. Jesus says, right, it rains on the just and the unjust. And that is, that itself is common grace. And so inhabiting a, 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 a society um, that is Christian in certain ways, I think you are rubbing up against common grace much more often. And that's just good for people, Mike. I don't think that's cut flower ethics. Look, I don't disagree. I wish that when you read that poll, it was, well, this year it's 95%. I, I won't deny that that would be my desire, even if I knew that that was largely a false number. I'd still have a little bit more comfort 
I wouldn't be tugging at my collar quite as much, going, oh boy. Well, in America, we we'll used to be see in, what happens and now. We used, to, we used to be an outlier, right? Like, compared to Western Europe, that was always, because yeah. the secularization thesis was like, no, as a society becomes more prosperous and developed, it, hand in glove is going to become less religious. And here we were, the most prosperous and developed country in the world, and also incredibly religious. It was like us and like Ireland in the West, and now they weren't like super developed for a long time. They were, yeah. they were the North Korea of, you know, the West or sure. whatever. But like... For a long and their their collapse has been even more wow precipitous. Yeah. Like yeah. they used to be like eighty percent of people attending, you know, saying they attended church every week, and now it's like you know twenty percent probably yeah. or something or less. And so America's decline has definitely been less rapid, less pronounced than Europe. You know, we're still, I mean, religion in America is still an incredibly vibrant and ro- robust thing, but um, you know, the rea- the picture is not looking good. It's not getting better. And so I guess the question is then, yeah, despite my theories, what do you do about it? How do you counter that? Wow. I thought we're going to have to save that for another show. That's another show. I don't know. Um, All right. Well, with with that sobering thought on our minds, let's turn to lighter things. Okay. And so we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we are going to grill... The pastor with real or fanfic. Ooh, little cross pollination. This comes from a uh, from a listener, and so we're gonna we're gonna quiz him on that. It also is a department in one of my other podcasts, which shall go unnamed. I'm not gonna plug another podcast. I'll log roll you in the next segment. Okay. So there you go. All right, so uh, a little break. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, on this very special light trees walking. You've been treated to some of our most thoughtful commentary on... No, okay. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to say shout out to listener Ethan for sending what's about to happen next. And so, guys, we are not just, uh, you know, um, impervious beings sitting across one like trees walking tower. We are real human beings. And we, uh, I appreciate so much um, the folks who reach out, who share this kind of stuff. It's great. I mean, yeah, you, if you send your knives here, we'll sharpen them for you live on air. Just address it. One, Light Trees Walking Tower, Minnesota, Minnesota City, Minnesota, 55409. That won't get, the, the post office will steal your knives if you do that. But folks, uh, we, yeah, we are just so appreciative of the many ways that you all find to interact with us and encourage us. And um, yeah, so like us, rate us, review us, uh, share us, and we're happy that you discovered us. So if you can share that joy with other people, God bless you. Let's get back to the show and real fic or fanfic. All right. Thank you, Pastor. We're back. Yeah, so this is a department. Mike said he wouldn't do this, but Mike has another podcast. It's called 372 Pages. We'll never get back. He hosts it with the great, co-hosts with the great Connor Lestoka. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, Mike, they are colleagues and co-workers, and they read horrible books, or books that they're pretty sure they're going to hate. I don't think, they, and they've found some love for some of, some of them, and uh, they've been just doing, they've been, do, I, it's, I can't believe it's still going. I mean, God bless you guys. We it's just, insane. We just finished a great book. Uh, but we did a special podcast yesterday because upon the slap, this this will we we know what you'll know what time this is. <laughs> this is two days after the slap. Oh yes, the slap, folks. The day after the slap, uh, Connor got an email from someone from a friend or a text saying like that that was the second best slap I've ever seen, and the first one referred to Connor being 
loudly and slapped in a in a bar and so we recounted that story we did a special podcast so connor has been slapped connor has been (laughs) publicly slapped so much so that uh 23 years later someone remembered it as now there's a slap that's better than that so anyway so if you want to become a patreon person okay i am plugging never mind all right so here we go you will be presented with five passages they could either be from later on in the screw tape letters or fan fiction from fanfic.net. Okay, so so uh, and for the uninitiated, Screw Tape Letters is a book by C.S. Lewis. I believe he wrote it during the Second World War. That is true. And the conceit is that this is a senior devil, uh, Uncle Screw Tape writing to, or no, Wormwood. So Screw Tape is the uncle. He's writing to a junior devil. Named Wormwood. Wormwood. My dear Wormwood. And Wormwood is trying to, like, basically win someone over to the dark side. And he's screwing up sometimes. And so screw tape is, it goes between offering advice to, like, admonishing. And it's kind of this, they are the devil on the shoulder trying yes. to woo. So he refers to the patient. The patient being the person they're trying to get into hell. Yes. And, and in this, the enemy refers to God. Yes. Okay. So with that in mind, here we go. Love it. And Mike and I would say both are big fans of oh, The Screwtablers. It's really one of the best. Just one of the greatest books. Just so much wisdom. Anyway, here we go. This is number one. This, As you know, the rules already. Could be real. It could be fanfic. The real trouble about the set your patient is living in is that it is merely Christian. They all have individual interests, of course, but the bond remains mere Christianity. What we want, if men become Christians at all, is to keep them in the state of mind I call Christianity and... You know, you know, Christianity and the crisis, Christianity and the new psychology, Christianity and the new order, Christianity and faith healing, Christianity and physical research, Christianity and vegetarianism, Christian and Christianity and spelling reform. If they must be Christians, let them be Christians with a difference. Okay. Do I, do I have to say yet or no? No, mark it down because it doesn't come till the end. Okay. We don't get the answers. Number two, Christians have talked much about curiosity. We have even convinced them that the enemy dislikes it and that this is why they lost Eden. Far from it. A curious person is fundamentally a courageous one, for they would rather have the right answer than the comfortable one. This can provoke some worrying lines of thought. For example, how would I feel if someone did that to me? Or what is the best use of my talents? Tempting these humans is like juggling hedgehogs. A new spike of reason pricks you every time you jostle them. Hmm. That was number two. Mark your answer. All right. Number three, how valuable time is to us may be gauged by the fact that the enemy allows us so little of it. The majority of the human race dies in infancy. Some of the survivors, a good many, die in youth. It is obvious that to him human birth is important chiefly as the qualification for human death and death solely as the gate to that other kind of life. We are allowed to work only on a selected minority of the race for what humans call a normal life is the exception. Apparently, he wants some, but only a few, of the human animals with which he is peopling heaven to have had the experience of resisting us through an earthly life of 60 or 70 years. Well, there is our opportunity. The smaller it is, the better we can use it. Whatever you can do, keep your patient as safe as you possibly can. Mm. That is number three. Only two more. Number four. On the other hand, you might have had your patient respond with flippancy. A quick-witted joke would have been just the trick to have your patient focus again on himself. He would have been quite taken with his own cleverness and thrown the honesty his friend shared back in his face. 
Not taking things seriously is one of the most effective weapons that our father below has produced in this generation. To even appear to care about something is almost a sacrilege in, sacrilege in modern British society. Everything is a joke to most people. Everything is up for mockery. Nothing is held sacred. Nothing is truly valued. To respond with humor as a cover for real feelings is one of the finest defenses against the enemy. Uh-huh. And finally, number five. The entire idea of highly marginalized and persecuted segments of the human population being given more rights and more dignity is disgusting to the entire kingdom of noise. For centuries, we had the humans committing the most blatant harm and injustice to the homosexual segment of the population, beating up, imprisoning, and murdering their fellow men, all under the notion that the enemy had some great hatred of homosexuals, so great that he would condone even the most transparent acts of cruelty against them. It gave our father below endless amusement and was one of the greatest forms of entertainment for our many tempters in the field. Mm. Mm. Okay. Now, I would say, till the last one, that's with, they were all very, very, like, good. Or, like, in the sense of... Good at fooling. Good at fooling. Yes. Yeah. Okay, what is your answer? All right, so I'm going to go real... On number one? Yep, real on number one. Number one is real. It's from the beginning of chapter 25. Okay. Number two. Real? Number two is fanfic. I went went back and forth. I flip-flopped. By Madam Apathy. Well, I I flip-flopped. All right. Uh, Number three. Fanfic. Number three is real. Oh, man. Which one was that? Uh, that's time. How valuable time is to us may be gauged by the fact that the enemy allows us so yes, little of it. Yes. I th- was thinking that was fanfic too. So I would be two for three right now. I'm one for three. Uh, number four? Real. That is fanfic. Oh, dang it. <laughs> there is a part in the book that is no nearly identical to that. Like humor and flippancy. Yes, flippancy. Yes, yes. 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 Um, so that one, I was like, I was a ah, little clever, s- but I didn't think it was real. And when I heard modern British society, that made me a little skeptical, but it sounded so much like that part in the book. Yes, yeah. And the last similar. one is obviously fan fiction. That is fanfic, yes. So you scored two, two? for five. Two for five. I, listen, I what would you have four, done? I was four for five. Well, all right. You're, you know... You're better than me. So thank you, listener Ethan. Well, it wasn't. I, did, I read it not that long ago. Is another thing. It's been a while for me, but it's okay. been a couple of like probably three years, um, maybe four years since I've read. We did it as part of our life groups at church uh, in uh, probably 28. This is one of early those, 2019, maybe. Yeah, this is one of those books that I have it on hand all the time and then i go to look for it and i can't find it because mm-hmm. either i or bridget have given it to someone and so we constantly just have new copies of both mere christianity and screw tape so <sighs> two books that i yeah i'm a big fan of i'm a fan of clive staples you know i think he yeah you know he's not everybody's cup of tea but he is nobody is everybody's cup of tea no so uh-huh. he is many people many people find him I think really helpful and interesting. And yeah. um, I mean, one of the greats in terms of the gal you think of an unlikely convert to Christianity um, and someone who coming from his just unique perspective uh, as an adult convert, um, who was a you know really good thinker and writer, what a gift to the church um, and to countless Christians afterwards. So yes. And I would recommend, I would say, I of course love the books that were just mentioned, but uh, he has a novel uh, called till we have faces mm-hmm. 
that is in my top five oh, wow. reads of all. I try to read it once once every year, once every couple of years. So much wisdom. And it, it comes from a, it's not a religious book, although it certainly is has it, those Is themes. it science fiction or fantasy? Where would, it how would is you it? a retelling of the myth of um, uh, Cupid mm-hmm. and Cupid and Psyche. Mm-hmm. And so it is a just a reimagining of that, but like in a real world. So anyway, it's a, it's, I know that doesn't sizzle it. <laughs> but it is it is fantastic. All right, folks. So you heard it here. I am not good at the real figure. I've been humbled, but that's okay. Listener Ethan, thank you for sending this. And uh, I wonder how your group did. Yes, thank you very much. This is uh, Like Trees Walking. Come back and see us again real soon, will you? <laughs> yeah. So long. Y'all come back now, you hear? Yeah.